Jewish Money Matters, episode 298, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. Happy fifth day of Hanukkah. This is actually a very special night and day, of course. Now it's day. It's it's the night that we lit the candles last night, right? And there are more more lit than non-lit candles representing our having more light than not, obviously. And it's the light that actually many households traditionally give Hanukkah guilt. I'm sure you've heard me talk about that before. But if you're curious, I have several articles on Chabad.org about this whole tradition. This Monday, we start Got Wants You To Be Rich coming up next Monday. Well, this coming up Monday, um, December 26th. And I'm so excited. It's a very nice cohort. I mean, it always is. Um, we actually raffled off a hundred, uh, $500 scholarship last night and the winner was so excited. Um, so welcome. The doors are officially closed right now and, um, everything that our students need has been sent to them. Now, if you've contacted me about waiting for you till today, Friday, because you get paid today or something along those lines, rest assured that I either have, or will get back to you in the affirmative um, within, you know, before Shabbat. It's in my to-do list for this early Friday morning to make sure I go through all your emails, thankfully under the cozy blanket in my living room and with the heater in freezing Houston, Texas. I mean, this is just such weird weather. Uh, I, I, I don't know. And I'm in Texas. I can't imagine what everybody, uh, what everybody else is going through. Anyway, if you wanted to talk to me about the program, do so now because this train is leaving. As I said, we get started on Monday, but yeah, the train is leaving. We start Monday morning. The next 10 weeks are going to be so, so special, so amazing. So if you wanted to learn more and maybe get on the waiting list for next year, head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash rich. The waiting list for next year is open there right now. All right, week in review. So apart from my kids all being home, which has been so wonderful, What's been going on around this podcast is that last Monday, we had Jeremy Schneider. Jeremy sold his company for over $5 million at age 34, I believe, and then realized he's not really retiring in a beach somewhere and letting his brain turn to mush. He's the founder of Personal Finance Club, where he educates and simplifies people. Um, he, he simplifies personal finance and educates people about the topic. And it's really, really good work. Um, it was a really good interview. I recommend you go back and take a listen. And, and, and we actually have a question today um, from somebody who listened to that episode has a follow up question. And of course, I'm so excited to have Jeremy be part of my lineup of guest experts coming to talk to my students inside God Wants You To Be Rich. This year, we have Jeremy Schneider, we have um, Elizabeth Schwartz on investing in Jeremy as well. We have um, Bobby Rebel, love Bobby. Um, Emily Guy Birkin. Oh my gosh. So it's going to be a really, really nice 10 weeks. So anyway, let's go over to the review section of Apple Podcasts. Today, actually, we travel to South Africa. <laughs> Is that nice? Again, it's really been so neat to see reviews from other countries, which I'd never received because um, I can only see the reviews posted on the US platform. So I mean, on my app, but I could do a little digging online and hit um, 
and hit the browser of the Apple podcast platform on other countries. So this time we found something in South Africa. I don't think I checked that place out. And I, we, this is what we caught. We caught five stars, financial literacy, the Jewish way, solid gold. And this is from Ilan Smith earlier this year. Thanks, Ilan. Be in touch with me. I'm glad that you're finding this to be solid gold. Financial literacy, the Jewish way. I love it. Um, so be in touch with me and I will send a calendar for us to connect. Yael at yaeltrush.com or you can always DM me on Instagram as well. I'll send you a calendar right away for us to connect. All right. So head, heading over to our mailbag, our first question comes from Mary via email. Mary says, I got married six years ago. I was working as a single girl, but every penny I earned went went towards my wedding. Um, My husband and I um, got married in very humble means. We were both working, so we managed to save up a bit early in our marriage. Um, But then 10 months later, we welcomed our first baby, which depleted our savings, and we were having no financial support from either of our parents. After our second baby, my husband got a new job with better pay, but I stopped working, so I didn't really make up for it. When my baby was around three months, I realized that if I don't start working, um, we're not going to make it through the month. So I took a job. I worked very hard, and eventually I felt I couldn't do it anymore. So, And we were really struggling, and so I, I, I really opened the discussion with my husband that I really think he should do something that has a lot more potential, and he should go on his own and not use his talents and strength to build someone else's business. He should use them to build his own. We looked into many things and we borrowed $30,000 from a friend. And now four years later, Baruch Hashem, my husband is very successful and he makes a lot of money and keeps growing. I cannot thank Hashem enough. We absolutely do not take it for granted. Now we're struggling with a different issue. We both come from very poor families growing up with practically nothing and hand-me-downs. Now that we're finally earning money, Baruch Hashem, we are struggling tremendously to live within a budget. Spending can sometimes get out of hand. Debt is not growing, thank God, but it's not paid off yet either. And we cannot manage to save up anything. It really bothers us very much. We have not been meticulous about Meister in the past I would say three to four weeks, we started taking my serve religiously. I do have to mention though, that after we got married, when we were still trying to figure things out, we took my serve on every single dollar that we made. When we went into debt, we stopped. About credit cards, we're using credit cards, but they're under control because we have a limit of $3,500. So we use it and right away we pay it. It's not really adding to our debt. What would you suggest? Okay, Mary, thanks for the question. So what Mary describes, and thanks for all the details. So what Mary describes here is what's known as a lifestyle creep. I'm sure you've heard of that, which happens to so many of us when we start making more, especially after we've been through a long period of making very little and living with deprivation. So first of all, good for you, Mary and your husband for recognizing the issue and wanting to do something about it. So the first thing that I would say is right now, commit to sit sitting down together once a week to start flushing this whole thing out. Your next steps, what takes priority, where the money's going, where do you want it to go? And so now that you commit to having these money dates and then start putting in an agenda of what you're going to be discussing. And some of the things that I would put in an agenda for upcoming money dates, and this is going to take several dates, are the following. Number one, come up with a payment plan to pay back those $30,000 if they're not paid yet. It sounds like they're not paid. I'm not 100% sure. And stick to that plan. Like if this loan hasn't been paid back, this might be impacting your ability to actually give MICER. And it should also impact your 
using your credit cards, meaning instead of using that credit card limit, you should be paying the loan. You shouldn't be over, like you really should be, this should be the priority. But let's say, let's just assume that the loan is paid off. You know, first of all, you got to talk about it and find out. And if not, you got to come up with a plan to pay off that loan. Okay. But let's assume that it is paid off. And, uh, and perhaps part of it is, or, or seeing that your husband is making so much more now, but you just still have like a little bit of lingering debt. Maybe you could just like swipe it up in one or two payments. Okay. So a few more things that I would add to that money date agenda and discuss, well, my sir, right, right now, again, whether, whether you're paying my sir right now or not, depending on that debt, I mean, it's kind of up in there, whether you should or you shouldn't, I would ask the question, but let's say now that you've started giving my sir and let's assume the date that is pay, paid off. What I want you to make sure is that you together create a system so that this happens automatically as possible, uh, as, as, um, as automatic, as automated as possible, and that you're doing it as accurately as possible, whether it's creating a spreadsheet, whether it's opening a separate bank account for your MICER money and automating the transfers into that account every pay period or doing it manually, either or all of these would be important to discuss agree on and set up. Okay. So you got to create a system so that this is actually happening, um, consistently, regularly, and specific, like the word's not specifically. Um, yeah, I guess specific, like exact with exact, uh, with exactness. Okay. I'm missing the word, but you know what I mean? Uh, (laughs) um, you, you want to be exact. Okay. So that's, that's for the miser. Then I would also, another second thing I would add to our agenda, things that we need to like discuss and come up you know, come up with a strategy, a consensus is the credit card use. So you have enough to pay off $3,500 of the credit limit um, that you have with a credit card company, which sounds like you are using every month. And that's really bothering you because it sounds like you're spending every penny, penny you make and not saving. So you're ha- you have enough cash flow to pay for that. Okay. So what I would say is two things. Number one, make parameters, boundaries, and what will the credit card be used for and stick to them. And for the rest, only use your debit cards and cash. In fact, if you can agree to not use the credit card at all, except let's say for things like flights, right? Like that travel, things like travel are always convenient to have in a credit card because sometimes things go array and a credit card can help, but whatever, you know, things like that. And then only use your debit cards. That would be even better. Okay. So we have to come up with a strategy um, so that, because again, you're not saving, you're spending, you're, all that spending, part of that spending at least could be um, put into savings. So that's the third point that I would bring to the table, saving, right? Just like you're going to be sending the MICER money to another account automatically, or even if it's manually, but immediately as the money comes comes in, I want you to discuss doing the same exact thing for your savings. Automate this as much as possible. Take care of it first or second, right after MICER. Meaning you're spending money for the month should be your after-tax income minus MICER minus savings. That's your net. That's what you now have available to pay your expenses. And then the fourth thing that I would bring to the table is expenses. Of course, you know, discuss what expenses need to go, which of the expenses that you have right now need to go down so that you can actually take care of number three of savings, right? And and you've partly done it by eliminating or decreasing the use of the credit card because we tend to spend a lot more when we use credit cards and when the money has to come straight out of our bank accounts. But still look carefully at the expenses and see what needs to go down. What needs to be, um, you know, saved up for because it's a periodic expense that's important and high and it's coming up and, and that will 
that will create an impact if you realize, oh, well, we really should be spending for saving for this and not, you know, um, then you're you're gonna earmark some money for that those periodic expenses. Okay. We're taking a look at those expenses. And then number five, you know, you rinse and repeat. You do it again and again. You meet weekly to check in that you're staying in track with a pl- on track with a plan to see what's coming up that week um, or the, and the next month and to hold each other accountable. And then I would add a few more things that I would definitely stick to the agenda and you can mix them in however you wish, but they're just as important as any of the things that I said above. And that is, and I guess we're at number six maybe, um, talk about goals and dreams. What do you want to save for? You know, saving can be pretty, in a way, like boring, right? And it's a slow process. Um, and it, it definitely demands like a stick stick through it. Uh, okay, I'm very tired, guys. Okay, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> grit, maybe is the word. I don't know. But if you're not both committed to something or something that is of importance to you, it, it's very easy to get derailed. And I think you know what I mean, right? And then finally, seven you're not, uh, this is not, this is not the least important, even though I mentioned it, mentioning it last, it's probably the most important. You're going to be, you're going to benefit a lot from including, um, bringing your faith into the conversation. And by that, I mean, right? Because all of this requires that foundation. So what I would say is take five minutes a day or five minutes, a money date, maybe just do it, you know, five minutes a week if it's a weekly money date, whatever you decide. But I would definitely incorporate learning either Shara Bitajon, the gate of trust. I think that that would be my idea. But any other tax and trust is fine. And bringing that into your money date, include God or, or into your just regular life. So if you just want to do five minutes a day, you know, include God into the conversation as well. That will definitely help you both stay ground, grounded in the, you know, the why, why you're doing it, this, why it's important and in the how of doing it, meaning doing all doing all this that I've described without the panic or the fear, but and rather calm, grateful, empowered, and happy, right? All right, at Slacha Mary, um, you can actually, if you've never downloaded them, maybe you have, I don't know, but you can download my 10 tips for money date success at yaltrush.com forward slash money date. Those will be helpful as well. Um, okay, so I hope that was helpful. At Slacha with that, much success. And the next question comes from Dahlia on Instagram. Dahlia says, hi, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Been listening to it for a couple months now. On your recent podcast, you and the guest both mentioned how life insurance investment plans are basically a scam. Our financial advisor told us we should definitely invest in whole life insurance because you can take it out whenever you want, and the only money they make from it is a percentage of the investments. Is that the same type of plan? The same type of plan you're referring to? We just got advised that last week, so I feel it's I feel it's Minisha Maim. You mentioned it this week. All right. Well, yeah, divine providence right there, Dahlia. (laughs) The answer to that is yes, that's exactly what we were talking about, Jeremy and I. And no, Dahlia, you should not be buying a whole life insurance policy. (laughs) First of all, I'd be very concerned if your financial advisor is telling you to buy whole life insurance. First, and also you should know that a lot of these whole insurance, um, salespeople call themselves financial advisor. There's no, you know, the the terms in the financial services industry can be really, really confusing. But let's say that you are actually working with a real financial advisor, not just a whole insurance, uh, whole life insurance salesperson. 
I'd be I'd, I'd be very concerned because then it sounds to me like he's making a commission on that. Like you better look into this, but into this. But regardless, look at what look at what you said that he's saying or he or she. Um, I once met a she, a she, and I was like, what? What? I told Jeremy, and I I told you guys in the interview. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. But anyways, she was making a pitch for this. Anyway, invest. That's the word, right? You should invest in this. A life insurance policy is not an investment just like your home insurance and your car insurance aren't. And there's no reason why it should be sold as an investment vehicle. Investing what? In the stock market? The same stock market that is public and that anyone, literally anyone can invest in? The only money they make off of it is a percentage of the investments. Uh, Bingo, exactly. Why do you need to pay anyone a percentage of the investments in the first place? Especially a life insurance company for something that you can do without paying anyone. No, Dahlia, I'm sorry to tell you, but this is not a good idea. You just need a simple, plain vanilla term life policy, which, by the way, is very economical. Sometimes in the double digits instead of the triple digits. Most often you can get a term life insurance for something like $27 a month, maybe $37, maybe $57. Most whole life insurance policies, you will see, get the quote from them, right? You're talking $247, $300, right? And by the way, the pre- those that po- the premium changes okay over time so be very very discerning here okay so whole life insurance policies are very expensive so please do your research and on top of that look at why this financial advisor is trying to sell you on this i'd be raising an eyebrow honestly um so t- what i what i would just take a listen to episode 272 with selwyn gerber where we also talk about this and he's a fiduciary financial advisor. So he also warns um, people about this and we have a conversation about this and many other things. And I also think I speak about this in episode 279, Ask Yael 279, where we talk about choosing whole life insurance for our children. I think it was something like that. Again, remember the true purpose of life insurance is to replace your income if you're not here. And of course, in the case that you have dependents and presumably you do have children if you're having this conversation and you want to you wanna have something to replace your income if you're not here, but you want to do this as cheaply and effectively as possible. And that's exactly what term life insurance does. Whole life insurance, on the other hand, is costly and confusing because it puts investing into the mix with insurance and you shouldn't be putting it into the mix. It's going to cost you a ton and you're not going to be getting, your family's not going to be getting the the same benefit that they're telling you you're going to get. So it becomes very complicated, um, but I'm glad you asked the question. Go back and listen to those episodes um, and follow up if you have any more questions, if you're getting a lot of pressure over this. But I think once you compare both policies, you're going to see that it's a no-brainer and that they just want to they're, they're just trying to sell you something. All right. And that's a wrap, ladies. Happy Hanukkah. And as always, thank you so much for being here. Thanks to Mary and to Dahlia for your questions. You can always send in your questions via email, yael at yaeltrush.com or DM me on Instagram. I am going to take a break next week as my kids are still here from out of town and I'm going to be focusing on God wants you to be rich students and my family hopefully exclusively those are two big things to focus on but I will be back with you after the new year new year so be sure to send in those questions I'll be back here to tackle those and hey this is a great time to leave a review and rating make it a Hanukkah gift how about that right it's a, such an easy Hanukkah gift <laughs> I'm not making you spend a dime leave those reviews on your 
Apple Podcast app. It's really very easy. You just scroll down past a few episodes. The podcast, the app just puts a few episodes and then past it is the review and rating section. And then you leave your stars and then right below it says write review. You write your review. Maybe we can get 150 reviews in the next week. I think we can. I know there's a lot of you out there listening. Listen, enjoy your vacation if you're taking one, your family, and of course your Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah and Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>